0: Not really many experiences like that that you can have with strangers that become so close that you can tell them anything or do anything and not be uncomfortable with it.
1: Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. If you're the Czech girl I was talking to in a restaurant about travel and wrote down travel stories podcast and a little receipt, then hi, how you going? Welcome to the show. Everyone else, how you doing? Welcome back. I love talking to you guys. Hayden at travel stories podcast.com. That's H A Y D E N or Twitter at travel stories UK. And we'll go with the, we'll go with the trifecta Facebook as well. Hayden Lee. Uh, i'm like the only not chinese one or just travel stories podcast that's probably easier anyway how are you guys doing it has been too long today We have Jeremy Slaby. Jeremy is the founder of Sonderers Magazine. You can find it on www.sonderers.com. And it's visually just amazing to look at. And when you get beyond that, the words, man, these, these articles are amazing. You just get lost in them. You know, I would highly recommend checking out Sonderers.com. Jeremy's a great guy. And this is another good reason why Jeremy is a great guy. He got up at 3 a.m. in Chicago to do this interview. (laughs) So hats off to Jeremy, send him an email at saundras.com, let him know that you're appreciating getting up at 3am, and I know I do. So anyway, let's dive into it. You are listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Jeremy Slaby. Hi mate, how you going? Doing pretty well. Awesome. I'm so glad that we're actually starting this interview. I mean, what's it been, like half an hour?
0: Yeah, it has been half an hour yeah <laughs> it's crazy <laughs>
1: just trying to get all the sound right and everything this is what i do for you, you listeners man i, I got to get some good sounds i got to make sure everyone's up at 3am in the morning in chicago of
0: course,
1: you're of a crazy course. person what, what are you doing <laughs> up at 3am man this is intense
0: um talking with you and uh, being up at 3am man
1: yes uh, that's the way to do it <laughs> do you have a weird sleeping schedule anyway being a travel rider i do.
0: It's unfortunate, but I usually sleep for two hours, then wake up for like 10-15 minutes, then I sleep for two hours, and then... So after about like three four rounds of that then i just wake up because it's usually five in the morning like i'm not falling asleep after this
1: no way man i had yeah. my friend uh years back try to do this like the four hours and then 20 minutes and four hours and 20 minutes he's like man you get more hours in your day i'm mm-hmm. like yeah but dude like what are you gonna do <laughs> you <know? laughs> but i don't know i think it's a pretty good idea you know i kind of like it apparently that's how we're supposed to sleep like as humans yeah
0: i i heard that too and it's been working out for me it's weird but
1: I haven't lost any marbles yet, so we're good. Um, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> cool. So, Jeremy is a writer and I believe co-founder for the website Sonderers, which is, a, which is an online travel magazine from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Sonderers, man. That's cool. I imagine it comes from the word sonder.
0: Yes, it awesome, does. Man. And One of my favorite lot- words in the world. It is. Saunders is a great name. And uh, for those who don't know, Sander means that uh, when you pass by someone, you recognize that they have an equally diverse and exquisite and complicated life as you do. And it's a really
1: cool realization to have. Mm, it, it is, because like you'll see maybe a hundred or a thousand people or something like that, or even an entire country or continent. You think, well, that's those guys, you know? And then you look at those, e- each of those individual guys and you could, you could write a movie about each one of those guys. Their, yeah. their, their life is so vast and complex. They have love lost. They have moments of joy. They have all these things that I think in our brains, we, we kind of, we don't think it, but we, we subconsciously think that this is all happening to us. Life is happening happening to us but everyone has all of these experiences that you're that you're also going through you know and it's kind of nice it's like i'm not alone
0: it is it's very reassuring and it's really cool to have that realization especially in um major metropolitan areas like chicago or london or beijing or wherever uh, because the populations are just so diverse especially in chicago it's just like oh wow you have such a crazy life probably and that's where people watching comes in and that's just fun Mm. so
1: yeah, man, and I think it really comes into play when when you talk to strangers and you mm-hmm. you know you talk to the person sitting next to you on the plane and stuff like that. It's like, well, that was just a, a nameless, faceless dude like seven seconds ago, but now he's Patrick and he's just got divorced and he's looking forward to his future and he misses his mom and you know what I mean. It yeah. really personalizes people and it it just brings you closer to humanity. You know, I love that word, man. Mm-hmm. It really good. That's really our goal is kind of bringing
0: humanity back together because with the politics in the U.S. and politics around the world in general, there's a lot more hatred and fear and anxiety that's going along. And so we're trying to combat that to make people understand that, look, we're all on this planet together, so let's try and do something good for once
1: Mm, yeah man and fear and prejudice all comes from the unknown because as soon as you know you know that there's no place for fear or prejudice you know exactly (laughs) so here's a question that I've been wanting to throw out now I've, I've kind of let's see no, I'll just, I'll, I've stolen this. I've stolen this question from uh, yeah. a past guest on the show, Michael O'Neill. He has his own show, The Solopreneur Hour. And he asks this question, and I've always thought, it is such a great question. So, I'm going to go with it. <clears throat> Here it yeah. is. What did your childhood smell like? <laughs> so, it's like some people would say, well, you know, I am... Uh, hot dogs because my dad was a hot dog vendor in new york and i would go there and i would go see him work and i would see all the people in new york and it would inspire me in the future to do this and you know and it's like yeah. you can really narrow it down to smell because smell is one of those things that is so linked synesthesia Ah, oh, i was <laughs> gonna go for a big word <laughs> so then cool. it's so linked to to memory you know yeah <clears throat> so what yeah. do you think What does childhood smell like uh well the first the first word that came to
0: my mind literally like a split second after you asked that was um nutella oh, yeah that's bad. only because i have been obsessed with it for my entire life right. No when i went to barcelona i uh traveled or i got lost in the city on purpose cuz i love doing that mm. and cuz that's when you find like all these really cool things and i found a, a gelato place, a gelateria, whatever you want to call it. And I had never seen Nutella gelato before in my life. And there it was in the nice metal container, all swoopy and whatever. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's Nutella gelato here. So I ordered a multiple scoops and was like, this is the best thing I've, I've ever... Had in my entire life,
1: man. That sounds awesome. I think I am gonna have to try some uh, Nutella gelato now. This um, this episode is sponsored by Nutella gelato. Yeah, it so should be good. And try it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: did your uh, did your parents travel a lot? Were they? do you come from a traveling family? I do.
0: My um, my mom was born in Germany, and so we visit that side of the family. Her entire family lives in Bavaria in Amberg, little town, and my dad travels a lot, or used to travel a lot as well, um, Mm. to places like Greece and Egypt and, uh, different places for work but also because he likes to travel so
1: ah, nice yeah I read this article recently that Millennials travel the most out of any generation and yeah that could be down to obviously flight costs coming down and and it's so much easier I would imagine to travel now than it used to be but do you reckon there's something more to it Do you reckon it's more of a more of a cultural mindset thing or what do you think I think it's a lot of things I
0: think I think it's definitely a cultural mindset. Um, and I think it's also, uh, that kind of mindset that is changing from previous generations where we see more value in experiences and travel than we do specifically in the U.S. than we do in college degrees or, um, kind of sitting in a classroom and being lectured at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what the U.S., I don't know much about international um college education, but in the U.S., a lot of what colleges are doing now are trying to shift to a more experiential-based um, learning system, and for some it works and for others it doesn't. Um, but a lot of students and a lot of people going into college are looking for more uh, international experiences and, and experiences that allow them to grow not only in their field but also as a person so i think it's definitely a major cultural shift
1: Mm, yeah man i mean uh unis here colleges rather are similar but they're not i don't think they're going through that change where they're going more experience experience based like i was talking to my uh, nephew and he said he was doing all this video editing and i was like man that's awesome and he was learning all this stuff he was like yeah yeah if i get really good then i can i can go to college and i can learn about it i'm like dude you're learning about it like this is this is two thousand and sixteen man you do, like especially something like video editing you don't need a degree to be yeah. able to be hired or go freelance you know and uh I remember when i went it, you'd you'd all pile into this room and then the the teacher at the front would just go through this powerpoint presentation and he'd just say all the words that are on the the screen and it's like dude you could have just sent me this yeah (laughs) but um yeah it's i think you're right it's part of the part of the mindset shift where it's getting it's more experience based because those things Mm -hmm. like degrees obviously in certain aspects they are uh, beneficial but those certain things like degrees and things like that are becoming less important as we go into the the digital age and yeah. everything is kind of on the internet travel is is getting bigger the world is getting more the world is getting more international that's a weird sentence but mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like think yeah. you can you can now i mean you're in chicago at three in the morning ridiculously and we're connecting right now it's like 10 o'clock here yeah. in england you know yeah. It's um it's really strange but I think it's a really good thing being able to connect with people all over the world and to bring this round do you reckon that will also help with the idea we were talking about at the start with Sonder where everyone just seems like uh, nameless faceless people but if you can connect with everyone in the world and there isn't that barrier of distance anymore what do you think will happen do you reckon the world's going to become a better place because of that
0: my first thought is that yes it will, um, but with everything, I believe that it should be done in moderation. So I don't think it's gonna be. It's not humanly possible to to know every single person, obviously, mm. um, because there's seven plus billion people on this planet. Um, it's a lot love meet and greets. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's possible though to instill a sense of empathy and compassion uh, in the large majority of people. I think that's definitely possible. And I think that's what needs to be done because in this day and age, there's an interesting empathy gap where people can't connect with others because they don't know how. And that's ironically, partly due to social media and partly due to um, just how my generation was raised and the the new generation below me, because there's apparently another one now really? below me on Yeah, apparently I have no idea what they're called. I um, really want to know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Um and it has to do with how we were raised and how other generations were raised. So I think the empathy gap is what needs to be addressed because if we can address people being able to empathize with people and helping them be able to do that. We'll definitely live in a much better world.
1: Mm, I totally agree, man. And I think coming from this generation where travel and stuff like that is coming more to the forefront, maybe the people that we will raise will probably have more of those, um, more of those traits, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just read that generation Z apparently. Oh, okay. Is the next. I don't know what they're going to be like, but uh, we definitely. shall see. Apparently, they'll be builders because, you know, it comes in stages. They'll be the builders. Oh. I don't know what we are. We're just the hippie layabouts that go around <laughs> traveling and write about it. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. you've got a story for us today. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. Awesome. Where in the world does it take place? It takes place in Panama. Nice. Always reminds yeah. me of the Van Halen song. Yes. It's
0: <laughs> quite like that, I like to think. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> um maybe a little yeah
1: (laughs) i'm trying to think of the lyrics (laughs) now.
0: i know me too oh my god
1: (laughs) there is well there is a bit in the middle what is it um uh reach down between my legs and ease the seat back is it really like that no okay no
0: see (laughs) my brain immediately went to africa by toto i'm like i can't think of these words now okay i'm done (laughs)
1: <laughs> great tune, great tune. Cool. And if you could give this story a name, what would you call it?
0: A failed search?
1: Ooh, a failed search. I have so many questions already. Ready, you're listening to the Travel Stories podcast and this is Jeremy Slaby with A Failed Search.
0: In 2014, summer of 2014, I interned with Kaluyala, this company in the jungle of Panama, building a sustainable community there. One of the first few weeks, we program I was taking was the outdoor recreation program. And we decided to go on a tributary hike that day into the jungle in search of... The mother tree, which, according to my director, Zach, was the largest tree he had ever encountered in the jungle. So we started on the hike, we started down by the riverbed, the pakora, walked along the river and into the jungle, and uh, as we continued along the river, we had to cross it several times. and go deeper into the jungle, and the whole point of a tributary hike is just to follow the river up the side of the mountain, or wherever the tributary itself goes. It's a very rocky river with boulders and uh, that are slimy and have this gunk on them, so it's hard to bring on them, especially on days where the weather isn't as great as it could be. We came to one point where we had found a little shaded area next to the river, and unlike the rest of the jungle where all of it's shaded, and this was new growth, so it's kind of denser than old growth where trees are farther apart and you can walk better, and it hasn't been intruded upon by humans. Whereas new growth, is more dense and harder to get through because of previous exploration and um, macheting of the plant life. So we had found this open area in the jungle and there were behuko vines. Um, Think Tarzan, but they look harder than the ones in the Tarzan film. And Zach took a side and he's like, Does anyone know what this is? And we were like, no, this is, we have no idea. We assumed it was vines, but nothing else. is like, this is Behuko, it's a vine here that you can swing on. And so, Zach grabbed the vine and just started swinging on the vine and we were taking pictures and we were having a grand old time because who can say that they were in the jungle swinging on vines? Throughout the day, Zach would pull us aside and talk to us about different animals or different plants, and um, it was actually very cool. And while the goal was to find the mother tree, it had a lot of different, smaller goals and objectives as well with it, which was awesome. After the Behuka, we continued on the, the river, and by that time it had started raining, and it was kind of a more than a drizzle, but not a downpour. And so we stopped and kind of took some cover. And then Zach went ahead to see how far away the mother tree was because at this point there was a fork in the road that was coming up and um, he couldn't remember if we should take a left or a right. And when we made it to the fork in the road He gave us all the choice. And so we went left and we continued on and continued forward. And the jungle started getting thicker and um, the growth started getting denser in it. And there were vines and nearly impossible to get through. And so we had to go under one fallen tree and over another and um, through some brush and whatnot. And it was... An interesting experience because never had I felt so deep in the jungle where I knew if something went wrong that we would have a terrible time of getting back out but at the same time I had so much trust in Zach as well as the other members of our team that I wasn't worried about that either and there's something to that camaraderie and to that connection that you have with other people that lets you go out on a limb and have excess amount of risk and trust in other people Uh, so we decided after like a half hour discussion on whether or not to go back we decided to go back but instead of going back down the river we decided to find another way back to base camp at the fork Zach had said there were markings on rocks on either side of the river which there were there were arrows he said that he was gonna go up one way and I told him I can go up the other way I have climbing experience which I do and so I climbed up the left side of the tributary and it Both sides were remarkably steep, about 45 degrees or more. The thing about the Panamanian jungle is that everything there is nice and as lovely as it looks. 80% of it probably is out there to kill you. Um, I took that into account, and one of the first steps I made, I almost stepped on, is giant spiked plant. I was like, well, I I didn't step on that one because that would have screwed me over big time. You can't really, I couldn't really stand. So I was grabbing for roots and stable rocks and I was moving very slowly because I didn't want to fall the 60 to 90 feet back down. And when I got closer to the top, It was this giant mound came out of nowhere um, with tons of holes in it and I have no idea what it was to this day, but my brain instinctually or immediately went to the thought of it being a giant tarantula mound. I was able to make it past that. Right after that I had made it to the top and I yelled down to them. Um, but I climbed into the tree, one of the trees. I stuck my head out of the canopy, and I can only imagine what that looked like. Um, some jungle rat looking out of a tree in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I looked out, and all I saw was the sun kind of blanketing the entire jungle valley. And it was... I I have no words for it. It was so impressive, and I hate using the word breathtaking because it is used so often in the wrong sense, but this moment, my breath actually disappeared for me, and I just stared. There's no comparison to it, to be quite honest. I... Uh, walked back to the ledge to the top of the mountain that I had scaled. I yelled back down. And my team responded and Zach was there and he's like, is there a trail? I was like, I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, I I hadn't seen one and so I was completely guessing. Um, So I was either about to screw over my entire team with having to scale this mountainside or... Luck was on my side, and there was actually a trail here. And so they, after about half an hour to 45 minutes, everyone had made it up. And Zach was like, oh, I know where we are. There is a trail here. And I let out one of the biggest sighs of reliefs that I have ever let out. After that, we headed back into, into home base. Not really many experiences like that that you can have with strangers that become so close that you can tell them anything or do anything and not be uncomfortable with it and that should be something that's treasured and should be experienced by everyone
1: wow man that was really really cool I can't believe that that was all in one day yeah, yeah, that's that, insane.
0: That was like a daily occurrence where so much would happen every day that it was impossible to like keep up with the writing and to keep up with like making sure that you remember all of this. Mm, yeah,
1: I bet. I bet it, you're just making notes. Like mm-hmm. you, you scale the mountain, then you go, okay, I must remember mm-hmm. this. Scaled mountain. And <laughs> then, you know, <laughs> go on to the next thing. Almost died, in you know. <laughs> yeah that's great it's uh there was actually a question I was going to ask when you're when you know you're gonna write about something you're doing or somewhere you are or you are writing about it do you uh do you think about things differently when you're doing them? Do you know what I mean like do you think well I'm going to write about this or this is something I'm maybe not going to write about or does it change how you act at all
0: um i when I'm experiencing something or I'm traveling I try not to think about that um mm-hmm. only because I really like having genuine experiences and I told myself from day one that um, unless it's remarkably personal and the conversations I have with people are remarkably personal, nothing is off limits other than that. And so that has kind of let me be free with how I experience different places and different things and different people um, because I don't worry about um, how genuine my writing will be because it will be genuine regardless mm.
1: so yeah if you've got the authenticity of just writing everything yeah. regardless of uh, you know what i mean regardless of what happens just writing it down and getting it out and yeah. having it uh having it be reality and authentic and everything like that i think you can't go far wrong so how would you describe the feeling of being in the middle of nowhere. This is a, this is commonplace in a lot of our stories. It's, I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in a jungle. I was lost in here. And d- what do you think? Do all your s- little stresses suddenly seem unimportant or do you reckon it's something else to it? There's definitely something else to it. Uh, I
0: can't, I haven't been able to put my finger on it. But when you're in the middle of nowhere, there's this sense of, of being free and being, um, uninhibited by anything that has previously happened. And that was my entire experience in Panama because I went in, I didn't bring my phone, I didn't bring um, anything to come and connect me with the outside world or anyone that I knew beforehand. And this was a group of people I had never met. Um, and so being in the middle of nowhere, um, in this case, a jungle, there's a sense of freedom and uh, that allows you to be your true authentic self
1: mm, absolutely man i mean even for everything you do really i mean i have a big proponent of that when talking to your friends when talking to your loved ones your girlfriend boyfriend if you're 100 percent transparent real and authentic what could go wrong you know like all these misunderstandings that happen most of the time it's because someone's not being completely transparent and yeah. it's it kind of even with the podcast man like when i first started i used to make some notes oh, i might ask this question this is interesting i might ask, ask this and that's good to a point but as the listeners can probably tell for in, in recent times i'm kind of going off script in the way that i have no script you know and it's kind of it's more authentic it's more real and that's what i like i like being me i say man after sentences and if if that's what i do then that's what i do man you know yeah i couldn't agree more with you (laughs) i think it's totally important so people hear these stories and i'm told all the time that it inspires them to go travel right that's something i get told all all the time but executing is a little different now we all know that's that's the the difficult part of it like being inspired to travel and wanting to go travel and even making plans is uh is just a thing but executing and doing it is a bit of a leap so if someone was listening to this and now they say right I need to go visit a Panama jungle. I've got to find Zach, man. Um, what would you recommend with regards to how to get the whole process started? If you're someone listening to this now and, and you're, you're on your commute to work and you think, man, I need to do that this year. Then yeah, I'd like to, I'd really like to make that happen for you. I want to get more people out there and, and then come on the show afterwards, tell your stories. So Jeremy, what do you think? How would you get the whole process started?
0: I, well, two things. I think. There's this belief that because you don't make enough money or because you need to pay off your debt or your loans or whatever, that there's no way you can travel. Um, but it really, if you make travel your number one goal or your number one purpose and put it at the forefront of every decision you make, then you will start spending differently. You'll start spending less. You'll start putting money away for travel while also being able to pay off those debts and whatnot. Uh, And I think that's one of the most important things is to have um, travel in a specific location in mind. I guess this is only one point, not two. But if you make travel a priority, that's the word I'm looking for, a priority. If you make travel a priority in your life, then everything else will start to fall in place as long as you do the research and as long as you make the time commitment that it takes.
1: I absolutely agree, man. And you made a good point where if you have a destination in mind, say you haven't traveled before but it really interests you and you really want to do it, if you have a destination mindset, I've always wanted to go see Mexico or this certain part of Mexico. I've always wanted to go see as rock, you know, or something like that. If you make that your priority and then you, you will, you will save, you will live like you're going to do it because you are going to do it. And then you go, you see it, you do it. And then that I think will spur you on to more travel. I don't know of anyone that's gone to somewhere they've always wanted to go to somewhere halfway across the world, come back and gone, well, that's me done. I'm uh, I'm done travelling now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it'll just start you off. I think that's yeah. what's important, and it. It seems easy when we're talking about it, when, uh, when me and Jeremy are talking about it, because obviously we, we've, we've done it. We've been there and travel has been our priority in the past. But when you get down to it and you make that shift to make it your priority, it does start to become that easy because you'll Mm -hmm. notice that your, your, how you live is based on what your priorities are. And when you change that, it does become a whole lot easier. So thanks for that, Jeremy. That's, I think that's some really, really good advice. So tell me. About Saunders, the travel magazine. Basically,
0: Saunders is a startup travel magazine. Um, we are, uh, soon filing our business papers, registering all of that stuff so that we can start monetizing and make money and pay contributors because, um, it's part of my core belief as a travel writer, as Um, a business person, an entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it, that writers should be paid Hmm. because it's it's their craft, it's what they're good at, and it's art.
1: That's it, and there's a lot less money coming in for art than there should be. I mean, I was, I have a composer on, uh, on this show and, and, when, uh, when I, I'm paying him, obviously, and yeah. he said, uh, what was it he said? He said something like, my friends all can't believe that I'm making actual money off, off art that I'm creating off music. And I said, man, that's how it should be. Like that's your, that's your skill. That's your gift. It, it should be. If you were in, in uh, ancient Rome, you'd be, you know, you'd be, uh, one of the most mm-hmm. high." paid people there you know that's how it okay. should be so you're absolutely right there so what type of things do you do you cover in Sonder? so it's a magazine is it articles about um i mean i know they're about travel is it about destinations or is it about experience what do you delve into
0: um so we uh, delve into just about everything the only thing we don't accept are listicles um so listicles being Ten places to do in Denver, Colorado, or stuff like that.
1: What an amazing word! Listen yeah, it's that's amazing. So what what would um what would that make my Hayden's travel tips? Their list, and but there are podcasts, so they'd be listycasts. Yeah, probably. I that's don't know. Cool. I like that.
0: I think they're they're very helpful. Um in
1: Certain capacities, mm, but when you get into the the blog posts and the articles right. and stuff it's it 's right. very easy to to do the old clickbait lists you know you know
0: exactly, and that 's why we uh, have decided not to accept them. We want to privilege people's writing ability and the idea that people can write well and that we have an audience of people that want to actually read people 's stories and we actually had a really awesome article written by one of our editors, Rachel Rucker, uh, it's called Solidarity um, for this past month, uh, which our theme was the power of people. And the story she wrote, the article she wrote, talks about her experience in Greece um, with the refugees that are coming in and whatnot. It's a really awesome piece, and a number of people have emailed us telling us that um, they've cried reading it or they were so moved by it. And that's actually something that I forgot to tell Rachel. But um, when she listens to this, she'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds
1: like I'm going to have to get a lot of your team on the show.
0: I uh, Ironically, I was actually talking with my team uh, about it and I was like, you know, we should really, or one of the members on my team, I was talking about it. Hmm with and i was like we should really get everyone to do this how fun would that be
1: yeah man i'm totally up for that we can do a a kind of saunders session or we can we can sort something out yeah that would be cool that'd be awesome yeah. sweet so, so where can people find you
0: uh yes yeah, saunders can be found at well saunders.com so www.s dot dot scom we are also on social media. We're on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, all of these places. Is it all under uh, Saunders? Yes, it is. Also. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for everyone. Uh So if you just search for Saunders Travel... You will find us.
1: Wicked. And I checked it out myself, and I love the layout of it. I love how it looks. Uh, everything about it is just really cool. The writing as well is second to none. The writing is really, really good. I read one okay. of your articles this morning, actually, and absolutely loved it, man. Oh, fun. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Cool. So everyone check out com, And thank you so much, Jeremy, for stopping by. We'll, uh, we'll do this again sometime.
0: Definitely. I would love to.
1: Sweet. Thank you, man. Nice to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: I think everyone should just be a bit kinder. I think that we need a bit more niceness in the world.
1: Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories Podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or online at Travel Stories com, where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.